0: Welcome back to One More Time, and thank you for joining us on our third episode. I'm especially excited for this episode because the story is terrific. I'm Sean Smith, the executive producer and host of the show. I'm joined today by co-host Daniel Dresser. You heard Daniel in our last episode, and as promised, he makes his return. Daniel, tell us a little bit about this episode if you could. Today's episode
1: is titled Game Day, and the story follows a typical game day with the marching line we also have two terrific returning segments that include From the Archive with Scott Schwartz and a special two-minute rehearsal technique with H. Robert Reynolds and J. Ashley Gerald.
0: Who are those people again? Well,
1: H. Bob and I go way back, but J. Ashley Gerald and I, we don't actually know each other very well. We are also introducing a new segment that we hope to keep in each episode called Source Material, during which a composer pulls apart a piece of their music for us.
0: I really want to get started on this episode. But first, I want to let you know that we'll have an opportunity for you to see some recording in action. We will be doing some live recordings at the Midwest Clinic at the University of Illinois booth, which is booth number 917. There's a terrific lineup of composers coming to the booth to record their source material segments. On Wednesday, we have Aaron Perrine, Frank DeKelly, and David Biedenbender. And Daniel cannot get over the fact that I'm going to be talking to Frank Kelly. I can't. It's true. Thursday is Tyler S. Grant and Benjamin Taylor. And Friday is Alex Shapiro, Viet Quang, and Michael Markowski want to hear a really interesting recording, come on Friday and hear Michael and I. We go way back to last year. Each has a piece that they will discuss for about 30 minutes, and if you are at the conference and would like to see how recordings work, hear the composers live, or have a chance to meet the composers or myself, please stop by in the mornings. There is more information on times and what pieces they will be discussing on the podcast webpage and at Il- on the Illinois Band's Facebook page. Unfortunately, you will not get to meet me, and is it really worth going That is truly unfortunate, but I think somehow we will make it through. All right, now let's really move on to what you're listening for. Let's talk Sousa.
1: Sousa and the University of Illinois have quite the history together. Today, among other stories, Scott Schwartz, the director of the Sousa Archive and Center for American Music, will tell us of the times that Sousa dropped by Champaign-Urbana and visited with his good friend A.A. Harding.
0: You think Scott knows a thing or two about Sousa? You know, because of the Sousa Archives?
1: My guess would be no.
2: Um, I would go to Wikipedia for all of information. The University of Illinois March. One heck of a piece. Written by John Philip Sousa. The march was actually written June 6, 1929. It was actually commissioned by A. Austin Harding. You would assume that, um... The first premiere of that march would actually be the school who commissioned the work, but that was not the case. Sousa liked the march so much that he actually premiered the work on June 17, 1929, on NBC Radio. The Illinois March was broadcast coast-to-coast months before the band actually had an opportunity to play the piece. Um, imagine hearing your new band piece played by the Sousa band—that would be quite an honor. That this, you know, this is our song, and who's playing it first? The Sousa band. The question: then, when did the band get to hear the march? When did the band get to play it? Well, That would have been March 20th, 1930. This is the height of the Great Depression. A whole lot of people have lost their shirts to the stock market, and Sousa comes to town. For the June 17th, 1929 performance, the very performance that he broadcast the University of Illinois March, the featured artist in the band was Winifred Bambrick. On harp. The tune's a great hit, the world knows the tune very well by the time he's done with it, and he finally comes to campus on that March date. Now Mr. Harding and Mr. Sousa had known each other for a very long time, had worked with each other, um, and as I had said earlier, um, Sousa had great respect for Harding's work with the band. Um, the concert consisted of 300 musicians, so somewhat smaller than what the Marching Illini is today, but that's 300 musicians on the stage of the auditorium. It would almost appear to be more musicians than audience, if it weren't the fact it was standing room only. Sue's had tremendous respect for the Illinois band and A. Austin Harding in the work that they did Preparing music teachers to become teachers of children that would carry on the generation of Sousa's music well into the future. For those interested in learning more about Sousa and the University of Illinois March, you're welcome to visit the Sousa Archives and Center for American Music website. The URL is Archives. S-O-U-S-A, a-R-C-H-I-V-E-S In the search box in the far right type in John Philip Sousa and you'll be able to go right to the finding aid and many other collections of his music. Um, we have the original score the University of Illinois March and we scanned this morning the first page so you can see what the music looks like. And for all those guys who play tuba, you can see what the tuba part looks like, and it's pretty scary. I hope you enjoyed the march. If you haven't played it, play it. If you haven't not heard it, listen to it and listen to it often.
0: For this edition of Two Minute Rehearsal Techniques, we have two conductors: H. Robert Reynolds and J. Ashley Gerald. H. Bob. They will play immediately after another, uh, in that order. Both gave some very quick tips, and they pair quite well together. Mr. Reynolds
1: is currently H-Bob. the
0: yep H. Bob.
1: <laughs> He's currently the principal wind ensemble conductor at USC Thornton, and previously served as the director of bands at the University of Michigan. I did not get accepted there. Dr. Gerald is the director of instrumental music at the University of North Georgia, and is a graduate of the University of Illinois. If you want
2: to have a group play be- better in tune, have them sing. They could they can do t- several kinds of singing. If you've got a problem in, in our in our famous example of, uh, of piccolo oboe and E flat clarinet, <laughs> if they're playing the same pitch, if they will sing that pitch. So if a person can have that actual pitch center in their ear they know what they're tuning to in their own ear and you do that through singing then there's a greater chance that they will be playing in tune with other people if you have those people sing together so i used to have with my high school band i used to have people sing bacharals but singing is a big deal for particularly intonation
3: it's not so much a tip as it is just a kind of a warning, as I see a lot of music ed students, as I observed them. They actually are singing to the ensemble, which you should do, of course, from the podium. But they're singing a lot of times with incorrect articulation, uh, and they're not doing what the students should do through their instruments. So, for example, they might be doing the whole first suite, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, and of course... The tubas are not going to play with that articulation. So they need to be sensitive to uh, maybe a D articulation, do, 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 or even a do, so that they can mimic what the inside of the mouth should be for the tuba players. The other example I can think of is I observed a student once, the second suite, dooby dooby doo. And of course, we don't say dooby dooby doo through our instruments. It should be ta 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 ta. And so uh, just be very careful with singing. Whatever you play to the ensemble, they're going to play it back to you. So you need to make sure that it's uh, accurate in terms of articula- articulation. And that's about it. So have a great rehearsal.
0: Every marching band has their own specific traditions and ways to do things for game day. This depends on what the director wants and what is best for the ensemble. We wanted to give you a look inside the life of a marching I member on game day.
1: Where How can you- we find one of those?
0: A marching line member?
1: Yeah, can't uh, seem to find any. in
0: this room. But none of them are on this recording. Okay. In this episode, Stephen Cohn will detail his adventures uh, throughout the Illinois versus Wisconsin homecoming football game on October 28th. Do you remember that game?
1: Fun fact, my brother goes to Wisconsin and he plays tuba in the marching band.
0: But you totally ignored my question.
1: You know what? <laughs> that's not the point.
0: Do you remember that game?
1: I do remember that game. What
0: happened on that game?
1: Um, well, that's a good question. <laughs> Um, let me ask my brother, because he probably remembers more than I do.
0: Alright, well, since Daniel can't remember, we'll let Steven tell us what happened, uh, and during the story you'll catch all the pomp and pantry of a Big Ten football game, and see what game day is actually like for the MI, and we'll kick off with Steven's morning alarm. And, uh,
4: <clears throat> and uh, it's 6am, uh, and thanks to Sean for making me record this. Because it is game day. No, 11 a.m. game day is complete without a 6 a.m. breakfast. When I'm not even hungry, and today's breakfast will be cinnamon bread, delicious. It is now 6:34 a.m. and it's time to start putting my bibbers and jacket and gauntlets and all my entire uniform. Gotta start going to Memorial Stadium in 10 minutes. And now I am walking across campus, and on my way to Memorial Stadium. It's 6:57 a.m., and the UI and I are gonna beat the Badgers today. Finally, just walked into the stadium with everyone else here, and uh, the alumni band here is uh, practicing because it's homecoming. How cold are you right now?
3: Well, I'm wearing two
4: long-sleeve T-shirts, and then leggings and sweatpants. What, what's it like to wake up? What time do you wake up here in 11 a.m. game days? Uh, well, I'm a morning person,
1: so I'm always hyped for this kind of game day, uh, especially, you know, on Homecoming, which is personally one of my favorite games of the year. Uh, I didn't play my game day music this morning, but, you know, that usually consists of some classics by the Black Eyed Peas, including Let's Get It Started, I Got a Feeling, and then some other newer hits, such <laughs> as Turn Down for What and Going Down for Real. I like to get hyped for game day. I used to bring a little Bluetooth speaker and play some of those songs uh, when everyone else is not quite as hype, but I'm so ready for this. I like to wake up early. Production.
4: And it's game day, and we're learning a set on game day, uh, because we have a new song that we're doing with the alumni band. <laughs> so the game starts in four hours, and we're still learning drill. We're now at one of my favorite parts of the Grange Grove. So uh, it's here in front of the stadium, and historic Memorial Stadium, before the I Walk, where Lovey Smith, is fighting Line football team, comes in. We play some Stan's tunes out here, uh, outside by the Red, Gr- Red Grange statue, and then uh, it all culminates with the team walking in. So I'm excited, and it's really cold outside. Sitting in the historic Harding Band building here at the campus of University of Illinois. Just everyone's eating some box to lunch here at 9.30 in the morning now. We set up in the armory soon to do our pre-game rituals before we do our march out to Memorial Stadium. So right now everyone just chilling, taking off their uh, jackets and just trying to get comfortable uh, before what looks to be a long game day here at the UI. Is everyone actually hungry at 9am?
3: Yes. Yeah, yes we are because there's a lot of people that will skip breakfast or maybe they've had breakfast But after expending like that much
4: energy at morning rehearsal most everyone is hungry And now we're in the armory for our pregame game warm-ups and Uniform check and we're gonna start playing playing a song right now. So we'll see what that is It's warm-ups It's the stands team that we usually play when other teams in our opposing end zone.
3: All right guys, what can we do better today? What can we do to make our pregame and our show better? What can we do? Let's see some hands. Come on. What's up? Not complain about the cold.
4: was our trumpet hype thing that we do before games and now we're getting ready to march out from the armory on our way to Memorial Stadium welcome to the pageantry of Big Ten College football Illinois Wisconsin here today at Memorial Stadium we're finally in the stadium and we have five minutes till pregame starts here and it's exciting you can't see it but here's what a Big Ten Stadium sounds like right before pregame show So far, pregame was snowy, but it went well. A lot of people yelling, they want a flag. Welcome to the marching line night. Um, it's not going so hot. Uh, you know, it's about to be uh, forked down, but we're staying positive. Uh, so uh, yeah, we'll see where we go from here.
0: opportunities that just being a part of ONS wouldn't like going to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and going to Ireland like any other collegiate dance team would never get those opportunities if they if we weren't part of the band and so I think that's really cool that we get to do all these different performances that collegiate dance teams wouldn't get to do.
4: the field ready for halftime here in Memorial Stadium, our Chicago show is about to start and uh, I'm pumped. So uh, <laughs> that 25 more seconds
5: till it's our time. Good afternoon and welcome back to all of our homecoming visitors and welcome to halftime in historic Memorial Stadium. Today we celebrate the 50th anniversary of the band Chicago. Our Chicago opener includes Make Me Smile and Free. Ladies and gentlemen, friends and students, we proudly present a legacy of rock, horns and hits. The University of Illinois marching a line-on with the music of Chicago.
1: The marching Illini Halftime for some announcements about Illinois bands. In the midst of recording this episode, various University of Illinois ensembles are wrapping up the semester with winter concerts. On December 3rd, Wind Symphony and Hinesley Symphonic Band paid a tribute to David Maslanka, an American composer who passed away in August of this year. It was a wonderful memory of him, and the ensembles were delighted to be able to play some of his pieces in honor of the groundbreaking work he accomplished in his lifetime. As we mentioned in our previous episode on December 5th, the university band had their only concert for the semester. Then on December 7th, Illinois Wind Symphony was accompanied by piano soloist Rochelle Sennett for their final concert of the year.
0: With the holiday break soon approaching and a new semester starting, Illinois bands are taking a well-deserved break. We'll be starting back up on January 27th with the School of Music Mozart Birthday Concert. Chamber members of the University of Illinois Wind Symphony will be playing excerpts from Don Giovanni. A reminder that Illinois Bands now live streams all of their concerts. You can watch these live streams by liking us on Facebook and watching there, or by going to the Illinois Bands website at bands.illinois.edu. The stream will appear on our front page just before the concert begins. Please remember that all times are given in Central Standard Time.
4: Halftime is done. We're returning our plumes. That show went really well, I thought. And I still can't feel my fingers. A lot of hoopla going on right now. The uh, drumline. line... Is doing some stuff, the cadence over by the far side of the line. You can hear that for a few seconds. Not sure if you can hear that, but uh, the Alliance, our dance team, uh, they're just trying to warm up because they're going to do a routine during one of the timeouts in the third quarter. And the rest of the people the uh, MI, Marching Alliance, are still uh, eating apples now as we're one minute away from the start of the second half. <laughs> down by 21 and we still play minioski every first down. We're losing.
6: extend the game by 15 minutes. I want a touchdown. Give me a touchdown. Give me one. I want one. Not asking for too much.
5: And there it is.
4: last Illinois boy number five Wisconsin they pick up a touchdown and it's it's exciting here in the band that's all she wrote for this homecoming game day that line I 24 2410 and uh, we're blogging now we're it out for our post game march over to the education building for our post game concert so much fun we lost Woo! this is the beginning of our parade post game parade march to the education building.
5: This game is awesome. College of Business, Illini Quarterback Club, the list goes on and on. Thank you again, it's been a phenomenal week. We're gonna rest up a little bit over these next couple weeks before we get ready for our next game. So we'll talk about schedule and so forth
0: Delve into a new segment called Source Material. During this monthly segment, we will ask a composer to discuss and break down a selected piece of music. This week, we are joined by Dr. Eli Fieldsteel.
1: Dr. Fieldsteel is a composer specializing in music technology with a diverse history of cross disciplinary collaboration. He has extensive experience with music and was the recipient of the 2014 James E. Croft Grant for Young and Emerging Wind Band Composers. His music has been performed by ensembles such as the Dallas Wind Symphony, the North Texas Symphony Orchestra, among many others.
0: Dr. Fieldsteel is a faculty member of the University of Illinois, and he will be discussing his piece for wind's Singularity for Wind Band and Electronics. Since this piece has electronics, and that um, is something relatively new, you can catch a look at the electronics parts along with the score on the podcast webpage. There is also a full uh, recording of the work available there.
6: So Singularity is a uh, 15-minute, three-movement work for wind ensemble and live electronics. Uh, the electronics for Singularity are performed live by a member of the ensemble performing on laptop. So um, the, the score for the computer part is as traditional as I could possibly make it. The, basically, there are big squares with a letter in it and a down arrow at a specific point telling, you, telling the laptop player when to press that key on the keyboard. And if, uh, you know, the color scheme is inverted for that little boxed letter, so it's black background, white letter, to indicate holding the key down, and then there's a white background black letter with an up arrow when you're supposed to release. Yeah, And to get it started, you, um, you open a, a, a it's, it's an SCD file, which opens in SuperCollider, and when you press a key, that key lights up on screen, so, uh, and then there's a few, like, you know, um, you can always press delete to just force, stop all the electronics, if the, you know, you're rehearsing, and the conductor cuts everybody off. You can just kill the sound that way. Uh, and I treat the the keyboard as a, a bank of sounds, basically one for each movement. And you can hold shift and press the tilde key to switch between movement one, two, and three. That's that's it's, it's quite it's quite simple. I mean, it's I'm just treating the laptop as a controller with a bunch of buttons that have two states, on and off. And the music, the the concept behind it, uh, which was was sort of developed. Not, not at the beginning, but sort of in the middle, I decided this is what the piece is about. It is um, a reflection of the idea of a technological singularity, which is um, kind of exciting, but also kind of a scary idea, where uh, technology is ad- advanced enough to the point where it is capable of creating technology more advanced than itself. It's intertwined with artificial intelligence and things like that. And uh, it's it's just an abstract representation of that idea, in which the acoustic sounds, the acoustic instruments, represent biological life, and the electronic sounds represent non-biological life. And there's sort of a progression uh, at the beginning, in the first movement, which is titled "Soul," S-O-L, which is uh, you know a, a a reference to the sun, which is the source of all biological life and also a play on S-O-U-L. That begins in a strictly diatonic C major area, but actually only only just four pitches, zigzag contrapuntal line. And it's, it's, it's meant to represent sort of this purity and a reflection of the tonal language that's been a part of the musical tradition for many years, you know. Uh, and and that four note idea is developed and then we introduce d and then and finally we get to the full c major scale that, and there's really the, the electronic sounds are derived from recordings of instruments it's meant to just sort of camberly fuse into this one lovely diatonic cloud and but but as the as the first movement progresses we start to introduce uh non-diatonic notes and uh and then the, the sort of tension is building and the electronic sounds start to emerge and, and start to have less and less of a sense of being derived from acoustic instruments. And by the end of the first movement, we get a um, low brass play, a B quarter flat, which is in an octave, which is, puts it very, very close to 60 hertz, which is you know, this electrical hum interference that we get when there's a bad ground in a piece of electrical equipment or something. And so the, the instruments play this, and then the electronics sort of fade in, and then you have this familiar sound of something not being plugged in correctly, and it gives you sort of a sense of a little bit disturbing. And then we end on this 12, 12-tone cluster. The second movement is focused on the the clash of the biological and non-biological elements. So it's more mysterious, it's more fragmented, significantly less diatonic, and there's sense of, you know, where are we really going with this? And it, 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 overall, it builds, the, the electronic sounds are more present, and then it, it builds to a sort of a battle royale, you know, where there's, there's this there's this moment at the end of the second movement where there's, you know, it's, it bangs, fireworks, and stuff like that. Uh, and then we land on this low B-flat, and then we have this really, really electronic sounding pulse which just takes the center stage and you know for 15 seconds or so and that's the that's that's an otaka transition to music. And then Rubin 3 has is 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 meant to be very focused on uh you know the the singularity, you know, the the non-biological life sort of growing and developing and and overtaking. So it's um I guess in retrospect, it's sort of like it's electronic heavy, but it's also melodic and it's maybe a sort of nod to the idea of neural networks and machine learning and the idea that, that machines can teach themselves to do things exceptionally well. You know, we have we have computers eating humans chess and and computers and you know, computers playing video games better than the best humans and you know, possibly computers can learn to compose music someday that's better than humans. You don't know, it's it's an adventure, so we'll will see where we go. So that's kind of what movement three is about. Um, there's a there's a four is a, a stepwise four note melody. just, um, you know, uh, re mi fa sol, basically. Um, and that's that's a recurring theme throughout the third movement, as well, and it, that takes various forms. And then at the end of movement three, there's this stepwise counterpoint which expands outward in both directions and sort of modulates from uh, one to five to one to five to one. And uh, eventually we land on a, a big open sea. And the machine sounds sort of wind down and there's this very grand retardando and then we go to c again and finally one last time and that's sort of the piece being laid to rest and it's a reference to the c at the very beginning of the piece and i guess you can also think of the d flat between movement two and three as sort of tension away from that c if we're going to go shankarian <laughs> you know and and think of and then that resolves back to c so there's sort of uh uh, an overall harmonic progression in that sense, a very, very simplifying one, but, you know, whether I intended to do that or not. Or... <laughs>
1: Today, we will be looking in on a rehearsal with the Illinois Wind Symphony, led by Dr. Steven Peterson. They're rehearsing Waso Exotique by Messiaen. Is that how you say it? Well, I took two years of Spanish, so I hope so.
0: Tell us more about the piece.
1: Well, they're going to be rehearsing it with piano soloist Professor Rochelle Sennett. This is recorded in their final week of preparations for a concert.
5: When he's got those individual, not the rolls, but the other stuff, is he too, too much or not? No, no, okay. The, uh,
1: the xylophone could be
5: more pronounced. The lock is fine. I think the gongs
0: are too high. i go down another step. Okay. Uh, now that sounds good. You hear it okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's, that, I'm not used to hearing that
5: piano. It's like a completely Can you hear different. it? Can you guys hear it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a different sound than the other one. It's it seems sort of mm-hmm. dark to me. It seems dark to me too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we, we'll it. It's very dark. I think. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, I think that's it. The, the, the snare drum, the snare, the roll from the snare drum without the snare. Don't attack the beginning. You have the crescendo of the ensemble. Sneak yeah. in with the ensemble. Thank you for coming over. Appreciate it. Uh,
0: Thank you for joining us in this episode. And if you're going to Midwest, don't forget to drop by the Illinois booth. That's booth number 917 and watch some live recordings of the podcast. I may even ask you some questions for an episode. Also, if you've made it this far, we have one more favor to ask of you. If you're getting this through iTunes, please rate the podcast. And if you're grabbing this through our website, please like the post. And since you'll be on those sites doing that, if you could leave us a comment, we would really appreciate it. Please let us know what you think of Daniel. He would really appreciate it. I would. If you liked this episode, you can also help spread the word by sharing the the Facebook post or just sharing the link through your Facebook page. Your help will go a long way in getting this out to more people so that they can listen and enjoy the podcast. And we can all discuss H. Bob Reynolds. Please consider following us on
1: iTunes to make sure you don't miss anything if you enjoyed today's show. If you want to stay current with Illinois Bands between episodes, follow us on Facebook or join us on Instagram at Illinois underscore Bands. Find us on Twitter at Illinois Bands, and of course, watch us on Snapchat at Illinois underscore Bands. You can always check out our website for more information,
0: www.bands.illinois.edu. The executive producer and host of today's show is Sean Smith, and the staff of the podcast include co-host and occasional producer, Daniel Dresser producer Stephen Cohn, Christian Arkin, and Mary Allison Mahachek, who is also our script supervisor. The mixing of this episode and recording of segments is done by Sam Litt and Zia Fox. Of course, none of this would be possible without the Illinois Bands faculty, Stephen Peterson, Director of Bands, Linda Morehouse, Senior Associate Director of Bands, Beth Peterson, Associate Director of Bands, and Barry Hauser, Associate Director of Bands and Director of Athletic Bands. Illinois Bands is part of the School of Music at the University of Illinois and the College of Fine and Applied Arts.
1: We would like to thank Dr. Eli Fieldsteel, Scott Schwartz, H. Robert Reynolds, Dr. J. Ashley Gerald, and the members of the Marching Illini who were heard in the story for their contributions to this episode.
0: We hope you will join us next month on One, One More, More Time.
5: Time.